still still can't get the words out of my mind of and the picture and the image out of my mind of Jesus last seconds hanging on that cross and every time I just start to think about it and I let my mind go back and comprehend everything that he had went through and for the last breath that he had taken for him to just I mean it could have been anything else but it is finished <laughs> it could have been father thank you or help me or if it would have been one of us it would have probably been a, a cry of agony or pain or or of help but for him to because he was flesh. That's, you've got to get that in your mind. This is not where I'm going tonight. But you've got to get that in mind to get the, pull, the full picture. Just think of how bad it hurts when you stub your toe. Or you do something like that. For him to be had, had been beaten and, and whipped and humiliated and, and stripped and, and sped on and hanging there for hours. For him, the, 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 the nails in his hands and feet. And most people died of crucifixion, of suffocation because they cannot hold their, their body weight up anymore so they constantly take every breath they take and every way they slip, they die, they suffocate to death. And for him, in that state, in that moment, hanging down and all the weight being up on him, for him to get the strength to raise up and take that big of a breath to cry out those words, it is finished. It's, it's life-changing to me. I don't know, but it, it wrecked me Sunday. It wrecked me, and it's still wrecking me to think about a Savior that would do that. That He could have said anything in this world, but He declared His finish, not for just the... Not just his death, but he, it was the finish of the redemptive plan to save you and I to have an eternity with him. It was the finished plan that rent the veil of the temple that we could now go in and experience and have the relationship with him. It was, it was its finish for sicknesses and diseases and infirmity. It was finished for everything. Them words wasn't it was finished for one thing, but it was a finish for everything in all human generations to generation to the generation we are in now those words still are true it is finished for us and it, it just it has wrecked me yeah I, I knew he said that but to, to finally I reckon brother Tim to, to grasp the concept of, of what he actually went through for me for the words for him to say that Lord, and I pray that it wrecks you also because those words, was, it was spoken out of love. And I probably, I probably, honestly, I'll probably preach more on it Sunday again <laughs> because it's just so, I don't know, it's just so real in my life and in my spirit right now. But tonight, I kind of want to switch gears. And I'll pick this back up in February. Like I said, that we'll be out a couple of Wednesdays. 
But I'm going to start Lord's direction. If his direction, I, now that's the first thing. I might say I'm going to do this, but if we step in here on Wednesday night and God says something else, we're going to do what God wants. So, But right now I feel him in my spirit because of the day and times that we're living in is to teach on the spirit of offense. Because the bad thing about it, most offended people, they don't know they're offended people. Their pride is in the way of them figuring that out. So as a body of believers, I want us to be aware when offense comes because the Bible says offense will come. How you act with it and deal with it is, means the world of what trap you fall into. Amen? I'm going to tell you a story about a, a leader, a, a minister. Two stories. One minister had a large congregation, had a large church, and everything was going, going right and well. But then his, his, his lead person, his, uh, in his uh, leadership, found something wrong. And then with him finding something wrong because he didn't agree with the way uh, the, 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 the leader was doing it, well, he caused a split in the ministry. And 30%, 30% of the people followed him out of that ministry. 30%. Well, it, 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 it did hurt the leader of, of the ministry and everything but it didn't stop him. He went on and he started another ministry, a, a smaller ministry that, that, that in the beginning it was small and it took some work on his part. But even in the beginning of that ministry, what happened there was he lost the whole congregation. He lost what he was trying to build. No one, everybody turned his back on him, and he was just standing there with the pieces in his hands. But he didn't, he didn't give up on that. He kept building, and with blood and sweat and tears, he turned that ministry around and got it back going to be an effective, effective ministry. Well, out of that ministry, he had another minister under him that started another ministry. And this minister under him was doing good in his ministry, but in his ministry, the, the turnover rate, rate was constant. He couldn't ever keep nobody. It was always people coming in the, in the doors and out the doors, in the doors and out the doors. And, and it was 50% or more turnover rate in his, in his ministry. And then in his leadership, they couldn't hardly ever get along every time. They, they would complain, and some thought they were better than, than other people. And then in, in one of his uh, uh, minister's leadership uh, programs or, or meetings, one of the ministers in his leadership even got so irate that he uh, started a conflict with another minister in the leadership until that ministry the people and his leadership and everybody left him and he was there alone so my question out of these two ministers and out of their 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 ministry would you follow that leader 
Would you follow this minister, that one that lost 30% of his congregation because of a split and started a new one and then lost it all, but then started rebuilding it? And the, then a ministry out of his minister started another one, and then his turnover rate is so high that they're constantly coming in and out and never staying. And even his leadership, there's also conflict and stuff going on. Would you want to be a part of these ministers' leadership? Are there bodies? Let me tell you who they are now. The first one I talk about is God. 30%, a third of the angels. His head leader in his ministry thought he could do things better. And with that rebellion, turned and split the ministry and took 30% with them. And the When he started another one is when he started creation with Adam and Eve. He started another ministry. And then those turned his back on him and left him. But he stayed, continued to building that work. And the the minister that left his ministry was Jesus. So Jesus started his ministry and he had such a high turnover rate. Never nobody staying. People in and out, in and out. He, he, he professed a word, taught, taught one sermon about his body being the blood and, and, and the bread and stuff. And, and, and they all looked and said, this is too hard and left him, his disciples, his leaders. And then in his core group, they fussed and, 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 and argued who's the best. And then he had one that was hot-headed and tempered that, that pulled out a sword and, and cut somebody's ear off in his leadership. So these two ministers that I talked about in there is, is God and his son Jesus. And when we look at it that way, in that way, we look and say, no, I wouldn't want to be a part of that ministry. Well, the question I have is this. Was it the leader's fault or was it the follower's fault? Hmm. It's not always in their leadership they were perfect. Do we agree? They were perfect, and they had these problems of the followership always leaving them. So it's not always the leadership. Sometimes it's the followership. That's that's tough to hear. So we have to examine ourselves and say, God, is it me and not the leader? Because what leads this mass exodus out of God's ministry and Jesus' ministries in times of tough, the number one thing that leads this exodus is offense. Not going the way they want it to go so they get offended, I can do it better. Then we have the armchair quarterbacks. Does anybody know what that? Everybody know what an armchair quarterback is? It's somebody who's never played before in their life, but they can sit in their chair and tell the quarterback everything he's doing wrong, but he don't have a clue and never played the game before in life. So we have a lot of armchair quarterbacks that wants to tell the leaders after something happens, well, if you would have been a little bit more this way or if you would have been a little bit more that way. And a lot of people, if I would ask the question of, of these leaders before you found out who they are, what could they have done different and on them, you might could, could have been an armchair quarterback and said, well, they could, he could have been more loving to his congregation or more understanding of people's problems or things like that. When they had the perfect leader, 
but they thought they knew the better way. So we have a lot that when people look at the leadership, they want to be armchair quarterbacks and say, well, if he would do this, this, that away or that, that, he wouldn't lose that person or, or, or do this to that person. When you could have the perfect leader and be the same way. I, I am by no means perfect. And I always look inwardly. And that's where we all have to start is inside of us. Inward looking. Because we, we are a selfless generation. We only care about, care about self. What can church give me? What can the leadership give me? What can people give me? And if it don't give me what I want in my way, then I will find offense and I will leave. This is hard on Wednesday night, I know. So if you have your Bibles, if you want to go with me to First Matthew, chapter 24. And while y'all are turning there or are pulling up on your phones or or whatever, I will insert this again as y'all heard me say it on Sunday as far as a lot of people, if, if you want discipleship, Sunday school, pre-worship Sunday is the best place to start at. So I encourage you in the year 2022, get your family to Sunday school, to discipleship classes. We have one for everybody. Brother Jimmy um, runs, runs the, the men's ones over here. Sister Bird runs the women's ones right here. Pastor Lori runs... Uh, just anybody really that wants to come in the fellowship hall. Uh, Brother Tim and myself will be doing the disciple, uh, the essential H starting the Sunday after revival. And then we have the young, the, the youth upstairs also. So if you're serious about this, you will find a place to get disciples. That, that's bottom line. Like I said, I'm not going to wear myself out and have a class every night of the week for you not to come. When I can start on Sunday mornings and you show, show your dedication there, and if it grows, then we can look at a, a, a night in the week. And I'm sorry if that offends you. <laughs> but we're not, we, no, not going to run ourselves ragged trying to disciple somebody who don't want to be discipled. Amen? If you're serious about it, you'll make it priority in this year. So come Sunday mornings and get disciples. These, I've looked at the curriculum that Sister Bird pulls up and Brother Jimmy uses, and I've looked over that they don't. They put together good stuff for you to learn. And, and Pastor Lori, so all this stuff I have looked over and what they do, and it's 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 good stuff. And if we be discipled, then we probably wouldn't be as much to fall into the trap of offense. That's where I'm getting at. So in Matthew chapter 24. When the first part of this is when the disciples come to Jesus and they ask him in verse 2, when will all these things start to be? And he's sitting on the Mount of Olives and he starts to teach them of what is coming on the end of the world. And in verse 4 of Matthew chapter 24, it says, Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no man deceive you. Y'all have heard me say that many times from the pulpit. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. So in this last days that were, I see deception everywhere. 
And if you're not, you see deception everywhere. But the thing about this, this probably the deception that you need to notice and the deception that you're seeing is the spiritual deception and not just the worldly deception. Because most of us can point or, or figure out how we're being deceived in the world, but a lot of us are not very discerning when it comes to the spirit of being deceived. Because the next word, the next thing that Jesus said, because he's talking about spiritual deception, he's not talking about worldly deception, he's talking about spiritual deception. How do we know that? Because the next thing he says, there'll be many coming in my name, and there'll be people that run after them and follow them. They're deceived people. And if you can't, you can turn on any television, tele TV, whatever you want to call it, uh, YouTube or whatever, and there are so many, and he hits on this, there are so many people that call themselves prophets out there. More than I've ever seen in my life. Everybody, everybody I see in the media world is a prophet. Every one of them. And people are running to this stuff because spiritually they, they're not in tune and they're searching for a word from a man instead of a word from God. And they're being deceived by all this mess of this people claiming to be prophets out there. Don't fall into that. Get your word. Get your word from God. And if somebody else gives you a word from God, a man, then it should line up with what God has already spoken to you. Don't go off of somebody. If you go to a revival or go to some place and they look at you and they speak, you're, I don't know, you're going to sing like an angel and you know you can't sing. And that don't line up with anything that's within you. Don't receive that. Don't receive that. Don't go out of there saying, Lord, I'm, I'm fixing to go to the number one in charts in Christian music because it was prophesied. No, it's, it's going to line up with what you already feel and what God has already placed inside of you. And then it's going to line up with the word of God also. Be not deceived because people are looking for somebody to give them a word of what they should do in their life, even how they should spend their money, all kinds of junk going on, and they're running to people instead of God to try to figure this out in their life. You're, they're being deceived. And you shall hear, hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And if you keep up with any of that, there's so many rumors of wars right now. You got China, you got Russia, you got Israel, which that's where you need to look in the end times for prophecy, is Israel. You got all these other countries threatening to go to war with these other countries right now that it could break out at any moment so all this is happening more than more than we can that we've ever seen right now in this time nation shall rise against nation kingdom against kingdom there will be famine and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places we see all that happening right now pestilence means diseases and we we see the the world lockdown that we're still in basically and the pandemic is a disease we see all this stuff happening in our lives and things that are happening and it says and these are the beginning of sorrows that shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another and many false prophets shall rise and deceive many 
Keep your mind right there. And many, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall be and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Right, I'm going to turn over to Luke right quick. Luke chapter 21. And it's basically the same thing as in Matthew chapter 24, Luke chapter 21, verse 8. And, said he, and he said, take heed that you be not deceived, which is what it says in Matthew chapter 24. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. The time, the time draweth near, go ye not after, therefore after them. There shall be wars and commotions, be not terrified. I'm going to skip on down to verse number 12. But, be, but before all these... They shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts and not meditate before what you shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinfolks and friends and some of you shall they cause to be put to death and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake but there shall not a hair of your head perish so what gets this person or these people that Jesus is talking about what gets them in the shape that they're hated by their mother their mother and their father and their their parents and their brothers and the sisters offense Offense of what? Their testimony. The very thing that in Revelations that we read that by the power of their, the, by, the, by the blood and the power of their testimony that overcome the enemy. The very thing that overcomes Satan, their testimony, parents and family are being offended by it and will betray them and hate them. And disown them and push them away because of the very thing that overcomes the enemy. So how do you see that? Well, this is the way I see it right here. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. They'll turn to you for a testimony. And you'll speak the testimony. And you'll say it with such wisdom that your adversary shall not be able to say that it's wrong or what you're saying is wrong. But you shall be betrayed both by parents and brother and kinfolks, friends, and some of you shall be caused to be put to death because of the testimony. And that's, Lord, help me tonight. And I reckon that's that's the thing that that as I was going through the, the starting of this offense, because they're offended of a testimony. Of the redeeming power of Jesus Christ in your life, and it's so well spoken with power and wisdom that they get offended because. Let me tell you why I think they get offended. This is not in there, this is just me. It's because it brings offense to them. I've seen firsthand people give their testimony of how Jesus delivered them and what he done for them on the cross 
And because of their testimony, their parents get mad. Why? Because it brought offense to them. And I'm like, are you, are, you, are you serious right now? Because the very thing that overcomes the enemy, the power of our testimony, because you spoke it and it shedded something on you or you thought you took offense to it, and now you don't even like your own son or, or your husband or, or your, your cousin or your, your grandma. It, 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 it mind boggles me. And these are not, these are not unsaved people. These are people in the church that are Christians that will disown their, their, their kids because of a testimony that they've spoken because of the way it made them look. And I sat, sat and I'm, I'm like, if anybody could have allowed that to happen in their life. I think, Lord, it, you know, it could have been me. I had a son get up here and give his testimony. The, the pastor's kid, been raised in a uh, Christian home all his life, got up here and, and tell the testimony of pornography in his life. Now, as the pastor, I could have took offense to that and said, how does that make me look? I could have went to Caleb and said, how did that make me, me look? You were in my home under my roof all those years and struggled with that. You need to keep your mouth shut and don't tell people that because you're the preacher's kid. You don't struggle with anything. And that's what happens. Is the, the people feel offended of their, their testimony because of how people are going to, they think people are going to view them. But instead, I, I stood up here, and some of y'all might have been here, and I took full responsibility for him struggling with pornography. Why? Because I, and it, it, it took a lot of realness and humility on my part to say, I take responsibility because I was able, in my mind, I was willing to overlook little things like that that he was looking at women instead of men saying, okay, Lord, at least he won't turn out to be gay in his life. So I was able to, I was overlooking that sin to say that he wouldn't fall into a bigger sin. When sin is sin, how wrong of that was me? But I'm not going to allow it to cause fence. Let him share his testimony to the world. Yeah, he was a preacher's kid. Does that, does that rule him out of not falling into a fence? Yeah, he was in my house under my roof. Does that rule him not falling out to falling under things like that? Just because, no, it don't. So, but the thing that we look at and we got to think is the testimony. Thank God that God delivered him out of the pornography. Thank God that he has that testimony in his life. I don't have nothing to be offended about because the, the testimony is what it sets people free so if I try to take his testimony away from him I'm taking his deliverance over that away from him and I believe that's what we are, are, are seeing here in the last days it's the Christian people that are being offended by a testimony that they're like do you know how that made me look 
I go to church all my life. I've been to church there all my life. And then people are going to think this about me because you shared a testimony of how God delivered you out of something. You can't rejoice with them about that because you're too busy being offended about how it made you look. Instead of saying, thank God that God delivered you. Thank God that that part of your life is finished and you have that testimony. Nope. How did it make me look? And so with that, they're willing to betray their own kids. Because if the kid or the person or the friends, the kinfolks, if they stand up to them, then it says they, some of them may cause you to be put to death. And you shall be hated for all men for my name's sake. But this is what we hold on to. But there shall not a hair of your head perish. You keep giving your testimony. You keep saying your testimony. And if people can't wake up to the offense and the pride in their life and lay it down and not see that the testimony is greater than the offense or the pride. The offense and the pride is the traps of the enemy. Amen? We see this. I'm going to give this quick. The same thing that Jesus said here in Luke and in Matthew Settle it not in your hearts for your testimony, and it shall turn for you for a testimony. Settle it not in your hearts, not meditate before what you shall answer. For I will give mouth and wisdom, your mouth and wisdom, and your adversary shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. Let's go to Acts chapter 6. In Acts chapter 6. In verse 10, we find a man named Stephen who had got ordained by the, the apostles to be a deacon and take care of the affairs of the church. I might be too real right now. <laughs> because in Acts chapter 6, the church is growing, doing good, doing good, doubling in size. In Acts chapter 6, we see it starts off with murmuring and complaining about the, the order of the widows not being taken care of. And back then, what had happened, some of these widows were getting converted to, to, to Christian. And so they were being kicked out of the, the, the temples that they were in because they were being converted. And the temples did take care of them, but now they're Christians, them temples weren't taking care of them anymore. So they were Christians, and so they was like, listen, we need to take care of these widows because they stood up for for Christ and so we need to make provision for them to take care of them and we see here that what is said is Peter says well should we stop praying and searching the word to serve tables the leadership said hey should I stop what I'm doing praying and searching the scripture to serve the tables of of what's happening here. And they said, no, you, you, need to, you need to go on doing what you're doing and make sure you're prayed up and have the word to deliver to the people and we'll take care of this. Let's get us some deacons together full of the Holy Ghost to take care of the businesses of the church. I'm, I'm going to be transparent with you right now. I hate business. I hate finances. Maybe hate's a strong word. I dislike talking about money. I would rather be praying 
and reading my word than doing the business of the church. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> but that's what we have deacons and, and stuff for. And I'm not, don't take me this wrong, I'm not saying that I'm overloaded with, with stuff like, no, trust me, our council here gives, I, I get enough time to pray and read my word. I'm not overloaded with the business of this church. Thank God, because I don't like business of the the business side of the church. Anyway, that was free. So that's what happens in Acts chapter 6. So Stephen is one of these deacons that gets voted in. And Stephen has so much power of the Holy Ghost that miracles and signs and wonders is following Stephen. I mean, things are happening when he speaks. And so here we find in Acts chapter 6 verse 10, it gets him in a little bit of trouble. In verse 8 it says, And Stephen, full of faith, power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. So there rose some people in the synagogue, in the churches and places that started disputing with Stephen. And in verse 10, like I said, I, I want to remind you what was said in Luke chapter 21, verse 13. I'm going to read that one more time. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your heart not to meditate before what you shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. Alright, so Stephen gets in a little bit of trouble. People don't like what's happening and the, and the things and the power of, of God that he's in Jesus Christ and his name that he's preaching in. That in verse 10 in Acts chapter 6 it says, And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Ain't that what Jesus said in, in Luke 21 there? I'll give you the wisdom. So much wisdom that your adversaries won't even know what to do with it. Because they can't come against it because they know it's truth. So we see Stephen here operating in what Jesus said. That Jesus gave him so much wisdom that they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then this, the sub, suborned men which said, We have heard him speak blaspheming word against Moses and against God. So what they had to do was try to work out a lie because they were offended by the power and the people that were coming to Stephen. They were following him. And anytime somebody followed somebody who taught Jesus, we know the religious people in the world constantly went after them because they, they were offended by it. How could you follow that man? He's not the real king. So they stirred up the elders and the scribes and brought counsel to Stephen, set up even false witnesses for this man. And they said blasphemy's words has took place. And verse 14 says, Well, we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. So I reckon what I'm getting at is I'm trying to close, Philip, if you want to come up here. It's in the last days. There will be deception everywhere. We're in the last days. There is deception everywhere. Spiritual deception. And in the last days, many will be offended. What will they be offended for? For the testimony of Jesus Christ. They're going to, people are going to get offended and turn their backs on their, their kinfolks, their, their sons, their daughters because of the testimony of Jesus Christ. What I'm telling you is don't back down. 
He said, if you'll stand on the testimony and the word that I've given you, that I'll give you so much wisdom when you speak, there'll be no doubt of where it's coming from. And not to worry because there's not going to be a hair on your head shall perish. And then we see Stephen step right into this because of his testimony. They sought counsel and even brought false witnesses and told them what to say because he had so much wisdom. And then as he sits there and all these people are lying on him, they look at him and his, his face is of an angel. We've got to stand our ground. The Bible, we'll get into this more. The Bible says offense, offense is coming. Jesus said it. Jesus said offense is coming. But how we deal with it. So what I'm telling you is not to get caught up in the, the, the trap of offense. But I'm telling you, if you're the one giving your testimony and standing for the word of God, then don't back down from it. If you stand for him, he's going to take care of you. We know what happened to Stephen because of this. They got so mad at him. Because of the wisdom that God put on him and his, his face being like an, of an angel. They got so mad at him that it wound up, they wound up stoning him. Stephen, he, he, like I said, he stands up in front front of all of them and he preaches basically one of the best messages in the Bible to them from the beginning of time all the way he lays it out from Genesis to Revelations a revelation even no revelation you know what I'm saying the whole thing he laid it all out there to them the whole way from Solomon's temple to Jacob and his house to all these things and then he looked at them and he said these things. He said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before you of the coming of the just one of whom we have been, now been the betrayers and murderers. He tells them, you're stiff-necked and y'all, your fathers have killed the prophets. And y'all always killing the prophets and the just one, Jesus, that come before you. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of the Father and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran up on him with one accord. They cried out and what he in his and him being persecuted and the words he was saying was bringing conviction to their life. So much that they didn't want to hear it anymore. They stopped their ears and then ran at him and then they stoned him to death right there. So I reckon tonight as we start this because there's a lot of probably a, people in here that are offended in some way that you may not even realize it. And hopefully this will shed light on that subject. 
But I also want the people who are standing in their testimonies to know not to back down. To stand. Because not only is it finished, if you take your last breath, it's finished also. Either way, you win. You win. So if you would stand with me tonight. Because offense, every day you have, you have the opportunity to be offended. Every day you have the option of how you're going to take that offense. Whether you're going to receive it into your heart and let bitterness and anger and unforgiveness rise up in it and take root. Or you have the opportunity to say, no, I'm not going to be offended about this. Because it really it don't matter. It don't matter in the grand scheme of things. I seen something today said there's like ever how many seconds in a day. And the people get offended and they for ten seconds they take offense to something and they spend the rest of all the seconds of the day trying to figure out how they can get that person back or letting it root in them. Ten seconds ruins their whole day instead of taking the 10 seconds and pushing it aside and enjoying the rest of your day. Offense. Many will be offended because of the testimony of Jesus Christ. And the bad thing is there's many people in the church that are take offense. Don't let your heart get caught up in that. God is looking for a unified body that will serve Him and Him alone. Some of you may be offended because I got a ball cap on tonight. Is it in the grand scheme of things, is it gonna matter? Are you gonna let the devil take root in you and go home and, and be mad about it all night and that you don't even get a good night's rest? That if I die tonight with a ball cap on, I'm going to heaven. The ball cap does not matter. We get hung up on those things. I don't know why. We do. how I got on that but Lord tonight God if there's any offense God if there's somebody God first here that has given their testimony Lord and they they felt a wall hit them God God if it was a testimony of of how you delivered them God let them stand on that testimony God you'll go before them God and you'll fight their battles God and you'll shut the mouths of the enemies God, in your brain, God, light and truth, God, in, in everything. So let them stand firm in their faith, Lord. God, and tonight, if there's anybody in here, God, that may have some type of offense in their heart, Lord, God, I pray, God, that they release that offense before, God, it, 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 it entraps them. God, it changes their whole lives, their mindsets, their demeanors, and how, even how they think about people, Father. God, lay down that offense, God, at your feet. Lord, and cast it down. God, as we head into a new year, God, you are looking for a unified body that is willing spiritually, God, to be able to, to discern deception, God, in the trap of offense, God, that we stay a unified body. God, in your kingdom, pursuing after you.
God, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory, God. We give you all the honor, Jesus. Let this house, God, be a house of prayer and not offense. God, a house of deliverance, God, and not of, of offense. God, a house of peace, God, and not of offense. God, a house of joy, God, and not of offense. God, let this be your house with your love and your truth, God, spoken. And God, and help us search ourselves every day, God, for that trout that the enemy so tries to slyly lay out there, God, to not be entrapped in it. God, and we'll give you all the glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all don't forget. I'll open it. If anybody needs prayer tonight, we'll open it up for a prayer. But y'all don't forget to be praying about revival. Because I really believe this could be a revival that unifies not only churches, but communities. So, and when we get the kingdom operating like it's supposed to be operating, hell better watch out. But is hell going to fight back? Absolutely. So what's my charge that you put on your armor every day? Honestly, put on your armor every day. What's that look like? You speak it and declare it over you. Your belt of truth. Only truth will be spoken. Only truth will be revealed. Only truth will have its way. You put the breastplate of righteousness on that you stay in right standings with God, that he protects your heart and knows your heart's intentions, that everything is spoken out of love. You take the, the gospel of peace and make sure everywhere that you go, you're speaking peace, and peace is following you in the word, and you stand on that foundation. You take the helmet of salvation, knowing who has saved you, knowing, who you're, you're, knowing whose kids you are. Knowing that them words, it is finished, is your salvation, that it protects your mind and renews your mind. Then you take your shield of faith and you say, God, I hold this up to protect me from every fiery dart of the enemy. That anything that comes against me, I have faith that this is going to take care of me. And then don't be scared to use your sword. Pull it out. Speak words, decree and declare things over your life and over your day. If you feel like you're about being offended about something, pull your sword out and say, Devil, right now in the name of Jesus, I pull the word of God out. It's finished and I will not take offense. That's really what's putting your armor on. And then I've learned there's another piece. It's called the armor of light. Then say, God, put the armor of light on me. What does that look like? To me it looks like His glory shining off of his armor so bright that the enemy can't even see because his glory, the armor of light, is shining so bright in your life and everybody sees it. He sees you coming. He sees you coming. And what do you look like when you're in that? You look like God because it's his armor. Speak that over your life every day and watch it change. Change you. Change how you go throughout your day. Speak it. That's what the word is there for. I know y'all want to go. But that's what the word is there for, to decree and declare and speak. That is the sword. That's it. That's what it's there for. Not for you to read it, but it's there for you to live it. Live it. And the power of it. I've done praying. Lord, thank you again. God, go with us. Keep us safe. God, we're expecting great things. God, because we, God, decree and declare, God, and operate under the banner of it is finished. 
God, over our lives, God, over this year, God, over every work of the enemy, God. We will walk in that in the name of Jesus. Go with us. Keep us safe. Bless us. Keep us, God, from evil. Expand our territories. Lord, help us to find favor, God, with you first and foremost and then with men. Arise and let enemies be scattered. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.